Bloody Elbow presents the Hey Not The Face podcast, the show that brings you the business side of combat sports, including contract review, financial analysis, fighter pay issues, and more. Hey Bloody Elbow podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content if available at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here's your host, John S. Nash, joined by his producer, Steffi Haynes. Hello and welcome to Hey, Not the Face with your host, John Nash, and your producer, me, Steffi Haynes. And today, we are going to talk Bellator contracts. John, do we have a contract or do we have a contract, but we're not actually allowed to show the contract? Well, I actually have several contracts, but unlike the um, the UFC contract we had, which we got through a lawsuit, we actually had several UFC contracts, but we can only show when we got the one uh, Talia Santos's contract from a lawsuit in Brazil, we could post that. And so for the Bellator, we're going to go through the items on it, but I, we can't post the contract itself. But in the future, we should have a one championship one that we can post the contract. So Sweet. But you do have something in front of you that you can wax poetic on, right? Oh, yes. I got I got I got to open up as uh, PDFs sitting on my computer. We're ready to look through them, go through them and talk about the the Bellator contracts. I am excited. First, how does it compare to the UFC and PFL contracts that we've looked at? Because it looks well, a little bit smaller to me. Yes, they're 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 a lot smaller. The PFL and UFC, I think they run anywhere from you know twenty seven to thirty pages basically in that ballpark. Uh, a lot of addendums, a lot of stuff in it, cover a lot of ground. The the Bellator contracts, the standard, run about 15 pages, so almost half the size. So there are lots, a lot less in them, but they still have a lot of the same provisions. Ah, years ago, you did an article on Bellator contracts, and you talked about how sticky they were. First, I want you to describe what you mean by sticky. And second, I'd like to know, are they still that bad? Are they still real sticky? Well, I wrote that during the Bjorn era, and there was a lot of complaints that Bellator's contracts were awful. And in many ways, they were because they were like a starting boxer's contract. And and the difference is a promoter in boxing, they invest in the boxer. They need to get their return. So there's a lot of extensions that the boxer pays out. In MMA, you know, uh, in a few fights, you could be on a main event, right? You see that all the time. Uh, Shemayev comes out of nowhere, wins a few fights. He's a big, big draw. So there's not that sense of – we don't do what we do in boxing where you build a guy from the grassroots up. And so the people coming into these major promotions are much further along in their career. But Bellator had all these provisions. So if you if you win a tournament, they add a, a number of fights. If you win a tournament again, they add more fights. If you if you win the title, then there's additional adi- fights added another year. And then and then on top of it, there's extensions at the end. If they want, they can add one, two, three, four, five fights. So their contracts could go for I, I can't remember like five, six, seven, eight years if they wanted to. So they can extend these contracts for like you know like all MMA contracts. Uh, if you don't take the fights, they also can continue to extend it. So 
even trying to fight him out, it would take forever. It would be impossible to get out. And then if you gave up and tried to wait out, there was no waiting out. So they were they were terrible contracts. And no, these contracts are nowhere near. They're, they've, they've been much better for years. Are they a lot better than PFL and U, UFC? Like, if you were to, to weigh these out on a scale, which one? I mean, how, how much difference would we see in quality for the fighters? Well, it's they're better in some ways, but not better in others. When we go through it, you'll see some of the differences. Mm-hmm. People can weigh it. But overall, I would say that um, I don't want to give away what we're going to talk everything about. But overall, the OMMA contracts are very similar. The, 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 the standard has been laid out, and almost every contract is the same in the sense of the terms, the extensions, all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the power that the promoter has to choose fights, to choose opponents, to choose location. Almost those are all identical. The difference is the Bellator contracts doesn't have a lot of the the, uh, the auxiliary rights that you see on the the other contracts, and that that I would say is better on their part. But there's certain when we get into you'll see there's certain other things aren't as good as some of the other promoters. Okay, so while all MMA promotional contracts are similar, and you tell me that each one has a slightly different layout. What does this require from both parties as far as the rights on page one and things like that? Because there, there's a lot of terminology here, for instance, promotional rights and promotion of bouts and things like that. Can you just break those down a little bit for us so we know exactly what you're talking about when you use these terms? Okay. Well, when we say the layout, I meant like is, is people listening because we don't have they don't have a page in front of them. Is that the the they all have contain a lot of the same terms and sections, but they're in different orders and they're spelled out a little bit different. Different terminologies used, but for the Bellator contract, it starts out kind of not right away, but it starts out pretty close. It talks about the promotion of bouts, what's expected of the fighter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is what's expected of the type of fights. Each fight will be a contest between a fighter and opponent designated by the promoter. Very basic. Uh, then it also says they'll be abiding by the rules set forth by the promoter. It's kind of interesting, though, that they set uh, the, the body and the jurisdiction over the bout. Now, you could assume that means the local athletic commission, but this is Bellator. I'm wondering if this also applies to Japan. In other words, Bellator's not saying that you're going to be fighting under unified rules. You, we can offer you about in America or in Japan. I'm not. You could read that that way, but I'm not 100% certain. But it seems a possibility, given the fact that it doesn't say exactly what type of rules you're going to be fighting under. Uh, and then it says that the promoter, though, shall he has to promote. He and the fighter has to participate in the bout sell elsewhere. Basically, the, almost like everybody else, they have to choose where they're going to. You know, the fighter, the promoter gets to choose. But Bellator is interesting. The, the the manner of the uh, the presentation. So if the promoter chooses to offer you a tournament. That's an offer you have to accept, right? And if you refuse it, 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 they can extend your contract. That's an offer. That's considered a that's considered a fair fight offer. So in some ways, I guess PFL. We all know their their seasons and tournaments. It doesn't matter. But that's a little bit worse than the UFC. So if they they have a Grand Prix Bellator and they want to offer you a fight, that's you either have to accept it or turn it down and have the contract extended, right? The promoter has to do it on the date. He gets to choose all the things that the promoter has, uh, the power and all the other promotions, very similar. The fighter also cannot participate in other in other sports, you know, they, they like wrestling and any activities that can hurt them, they can get hurt in. 
Doesn't the UFC have something similar or they used to have something similar? I seem to recall when Donald Cerrone about, I want to say eight, 10 years ago, Donald Cerrone was on this action binge and he was wind sailing and parasurfing and doing all these wild things and motorcycle riding, but with, you know, doing wild stunts on motorcycles, just crazy stuff. And I seem to recall that the UFC either had something in their contract or were going to put something in their contract, basically barring fighters from participating in, in dangerous sports or whatnot. Is that they, the same? They, they do have something in their contracts about that. First, they say you can't participate in other sports, but they do have something in the provision. I have to, to double-check it, but there's a, in, the, in the UFC contracts, there is a section uh, about uh, dangerous activities, I can't. I, I cannot remember a top of my head. We did the episode, so I'm sure we mm -hmm. mentioned it. Yes. Uh, but you know, well, first of all, it warns you that MMA is a dangerous activity, right? Dangerous mm -hmm. sport. It gives you a lot of warnings about that. But uh, it it does say stuff about the fighters banned from doing stuff that can harm themselves and basically, you know, uh, stop a, a, a stop a fight from happening. Does Bellator have that same? um exclusion there for uh, not just other sports but dangerous activities that's my my question it does have a section on it uh and it well, basically fighters will not engage in any abnormally dangerous activity having a potentially for injury that could conceivably prevent a fighter from engaging in bouts thank you all right so next question in that next section that fighters are required to cooperate with the marketing how much cooperation are they asking for? And how does that compare with the UFC or PFL or one or whatever? Well, it, it's a lot of cooperation. The fighters expected the you know, cooperative assist in the advertising, publicity, and promotion of one, the bouts and events, and, you know, rebroadcast the bouts and events in the media whatsoever, uh, other bouts promoter. Other events and broadcast per promoter, uh, the sale of merchandise uh, tied to the event, and uh, the Bellator brand, right? So all these things the fighters expected to to promote, uh, it has to be, they have to do like like a lot of the language of the approach they have to do reasonable requests, but it's usually tied and they they have the they'll Bellator will compensate them with the hotel accommodations and a reasonable per diem, but it doesn't give an amount usually on these contracts. Uh, but the, the the fighters expected just like in. PFL, just like in the UFC, they're expected to help promote the fights and events and the promotion itself. That they, you know, so that they're called on to show up at the press week. They have to do that. They're called on to show up uh, for, uh, you know, an, a month in advance for their fight that's coming up. They have to show up at another event to promote theirs. They have to do that. Basically, the same as everyone else. But the one difference is there's not a lot of the. If people remember when we went through UFC. There was a lot of additional stuff fighters had to do on fight week. Just a lot of stuff written out and laid out. That's not laid out in a Bellator contract. They 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 have to show up and do promotional stuff, but to just the degree that is required, they might have to do as much, but it's not it's not laid out as required. And also UFC has, even though they don't take advantage of it, they have technically have these contracts, the ability to send you out um, in 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 support of the brand and in support of sponsors and, and and all these other event efforts that they want that really aren't tied to the promotion itself and the events, uh, where Bellator's is a little more limited in that front. So uh, UFC can you know because they have the the signing of all the you know all the merchandise they have to do all those things. Uh, there all this additional material that the UFC has to do 
that is not required of Bellator fighters. Next is this really long list of auxiliary rights that are granted to the promoter. Now, you alluded to these earlier. I need to know about these auxiliary rights and which ones is Bellator actually not asking for? Well, that's that's a good one. They, they ask for a lot. When you read these, it's it's almost absurd the amount of stuff they say they have the right over, and they go through a long list. They Belter has the exclusive right to the term to stage all the well, uh, some are obvious to stage the bouts, to sell the tickets and admission, to broadcast, to telecast, to do pay per view, all those things that generate revenue. Bellator has the right to the matches and to sell it, but then they have the right to exploit and use to the fullest extent possible any and all the content data, information, property, intellectual property rights that are prepared, derived, conceived, developed, manifested, or created by and through this agreement, uh, uh, and include stuff that they have the right to the identities, the the fighters, the trainers, the corners, the seconds, uh, the, they have the, they have the right to exploit it, full use and exploit it, uh, the rights on TV and all different types of mediums and satellite, closed circuit. You know, they just go on and on and on with these rights. Now, one thing to be clear, though, when they talk about these rights, they're they're talking about that the fact that the, the fighter, they can use these rights as they're tied to the bouts they're in and the promotion. In other words, if you go into if they go to advertise something, they can use that material and spread it elsewhere. Uh, they're at a, if the fighters at a, an event and they're there and they're and they're there to promote the event and they shoot them, they can use it elsewhere, right? They can they can use it for promotional events and they put it on shows and stuff like that. Same with the fights, but that's every fighter. I mean, boxing's the same. If you're in a boxing match and a promoter pays you, uh, they get the right to distribute that boxing match everywhere. So that that's what's it's it's far reaching. It covers everything. Uh, the, they, they, it spells out that the promoter gets to keep a lot of the revenue, like the gate and stuff, and the fighter doesn't. Uh, it spells out that the promoter has the right uh, to, to make a reality show uh, using the fighter's images. It'd probably be a behind-the-scenes type reality show if they did it. Uh, so they have the right to do all that stuff, but other promotions basically have the same right. So it's not surprising. What What is different in this uh, of all these rights is one thing Bellator doesn't do. It doesn't ask for as as much about the image rights. It doesn't get your image rights for non-fight related material as much, right? Mm. So they, you don't have to sign up your rights and then find out that you are part of a, a some sort of merchandise that you were not prepared for that. Now, they can do merchandise that has to do with your, your fights, but but you don't have to sign your image rights and find out they're being used in, let's say, video games without your knowledge, you know, without you have no control over really. Uh, there's I mean, they can sell their rights to video games, but just like anybody else, but they can't sell your image. Your, your, you know, they can't make a character based on you. So there's a lot of the auxiliary rights, the further auxiliary rights, the merchants and uh, licensing rights, they don't hand over. Everything's basically tied to the events, the bouts. The, the 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 event itself whatever what the fighter does at the in this fights what he does at the events those are the things they're selling right or behind the scenes footage that they're shooting for prep for the event but they they don't take your identity and then extend it further than that which is which is in MMA is actually a positive but it should kind of be the standard okay I I want to backtrack for just a moment back to cooperation if I could yep yes back in the day. Fighters used to have to sell tickets to their Bellator matches. Is that still a thing? 
Yeah, well, we're, we're talking about two kind of different contracts here when we look at these. These are what I call a standard Bellator contract. These are the guys that are signed multi-fight deals with Bellator, okay. right? They don't have to sell tickets, right? Okay. Have, uh, they, back in the day, they used to, but they don't now. But they're, they're standard. They're, they're basically, you know, UFC-type contracts. UFC-type, what UFC does with their fighters, Bellator does the same. But, you know, they're often maybe a step below in the what they're paying sometimes. But they're and sometimes a step above for some of the guys, but they're longer term Bellator contracts. Now, the ones that often have to sell their tickets still are the the one fight deals. And those are the guys that fill up the prelims. They're basically local fighters that are there to fill up. They're not under long term contracts. In some ways, you might not even consider them Bellator fighters. They're the Bellator teams up with the local promoter. The promoter has access to these fighters. They give them one fight contracts to fill the card. But those guys, yes, those guys sometimes still have to the the part they get paid amount, and then another portion's based on commission on sale, ticket sales. So they actually get a commission of it. Well, yeah, commission. But let's say let's say you're you're signed on, and they say we're going to give you two thousand dollars, one thousand we might pay you in cash, right? Mm-hmm. The other one thousand we're going to pay you if you sell fifty tickets. <gasps> See, that's so shady. Oh my god. I'm sorry. Yeah, that is so. really shady. Um, yeah, so. Yikes. Okay, I don't like that at all. Um, let me ask you this. What happens if an event gets canceled? Let's say a natural disaster happens and destroys something. A hurricane happens and floods the arena, whatever. Or worse, what happens if a fighter gets injured? Well, it's very much like the other promotions. If the if something happens... Uh, force majeure happens in a natural disaster Bellator has the right to postpone the fight and move it if the fighter gets injured the 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 fighter and his opponent they have a right to postpone basically freeze the contract for a while and move the fight until they can until they can make it basically the same as pfl and ufc they're all again they all have these terrible provisions uh well i shouldn't say i mean it's it's a little bit understandable that you have the right if someone gets injured or something to move the contract but the problem is then these provisions just keep going and going and going there's no there's no end to them but yeah so just like just like the um the ufc just like pfl um when there's that kind of disaster and stuff they have the right to freeze the bout and and move it to access the bonus content of this show you must be a paid subscriber to do that go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection main card and prelims UFC preview shows, the sixth round post-fight show, the Show Money podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us.